Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. That's right, Gavin. The elf on the shelf knows exactly what you're doing in the booth back there. Frankly, he's disgusted you touch yourself like that. Ass. The following podcast contains... Now, I had heard that word at least ten times a day from my old man. My father worked in profanity the way other artists might work in oils or clay. It was his true medium, a master. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you casually dropped a story about aliens into the mix and then just walked away, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, December 22nd, 2017, Tuesdays with Morley edition of the show, where we talk about the least unbelievable story of 2017. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Morley's Cigarettes, the cigarettes for the discerning fictional man. Since 1960s, Morley's offers the distinct flavor and feel demanded by the celluloid set. From Hitchcock's Psycho to 2017's Twin Peaks, Morley's Cigarettes are the cigarette of choice. With their rich taste and slow smoke, Morley's offer dramatic tension and sinister foreshadowing from some of the greatest moments in cinema. Available in both full flavor and light, Morley's are Hollywood cigarettes. From the jungles of Vietnam to the hell mouth of Sunnydale, America smokes a Morley. Use the promo code CANCERMAN at checkout and receive a free Morley swag catalog. Terms and conditions apply and you must be over the age of 18. Life. It's like a box of chocolates. Cheap, thoughtless, perfunctory gift that nobody ever asks for. Unreturnable because all you get back is another box of chocolates. So you're stuck with this undefinable whipped mint craft that you mindlessly wolf down and there's nothing else left to eat. Sure, once in a while there's a peanut butter cup or English toffee. But they're gone too fast and the taste is fleeting. They end up with nothing but broken bits filled with hardened jelly and teeth-shattering nuts. If you're desperate enough to eat those, all you've got left is, a, is an empty box filled with useless brown paper wrappers. I'd originally intended to send the show into reruns for the next week or so because it was Christmas, I'm traveling, and frankly, I'm sick and tired about ranting about the awful shit going on in the world. But then Gavin came running into the offices on Monday with a story so fucking crazy, I thought one of the interns spiked his Mountain Dew with LSD again. I was tripping balls pretty hard. It's just a little prank they like to play on and sometimes. But then I found out that not only was Gavin stone sober, but he had a story so fucking strange that had it dropped in any other year than this one, we would all be tripping balls right now. It appears that the Department of Defense had, or has, a secret program funded to the tune of $22 million to study unidentified flying objects.
no, 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 not that one. This is a real one, which is actually even scarier. And this is a program that is not metaphorical nonsense designed to debunk sightings by some goober liquored up on white lightning who saw 767 flying the Atlanta to Denver route while finger-banging Bossy the cow in the pasture, but to scientifically examine credible reports from military pilots corroborated by sensor evidence of unexplained aerial phenomena, a program that was called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. It was conceived and funded by the Congress and headed by professional military intelligence official other than some guy who spent a few hundred bucks for a MUFON windbreaker and a lanyard. In short, this was the real deal, and they found things. From the article in the New York Times, quote, The shadowy program, parts of it remain classified, began in 2007, and initially it was largely funded by the request of Harry Reid, the Nevada Democrat, who was the Senate Majority Leader at the time, and who, has a long, who had long had an interest in space phenomena. Most of the money went to an aerospace research company run by a billionaire entrepreneur and longtime friend of Mr. Reid's, Robert Bigelow, who is currently working with NASA to produce expandable craft for humans to use in space, unquote. Nothing suspicious about that at all. Oh, sure, it looks like a massive government payout to the close personal friend of a powerful United States senator and government contractor, but looks like the crafty gray aliens who signed a treaty with Eisenhower in 1954, providing alien technology in exchange for the harvesting of humans for their DNA, looks can be deceiving. I'm sorry, can I just play Captain Obvious for like a sec? No, 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 we, we know this isn't some kind of shady deal that was cooked up to fund a dubious project because Harry Reid told us it wasn't. Mr. Reid, who retired from Congress this year, said he was proud of the program. Quote, I'm not embarrassed or ashamed or sorry I got this thing going, Mr. Reid said in a recent interview in Nevada. I think it's one of the good things I did during my congressional service. I've done something that no one has done before, unquote. Plus, Harry Reid signed on Ted Stevens, a Republican from Alaska, and Daniel K. Inouye, a Hawaii Democrat, onto the deal. And we all know that senators would never quid pro quo one another for some kind of quo for themselves. So I think we need to take this program at face value and examine the frankly disturbing things that they found. Like how none of the three senators wanted a public debate on the Senate floor about the funding for the program, Mr. Reid said. This was so-called black money, he said. Stevens knew about it, and Norway knew about it, but that was it. And that's how we wanted it. Mr. Reid was referring to the Pentagon budget for classified programs. Now, those obvious signs of corruption were not the findings I was talking about. What I'm talking about is the credible evidence uncovered by the program that recently became public. For my regular listeners, you might recall in part, back in part one of our Halloween Spooktacular, we discussed the prevalence of sightings by military members of, uh... Aliens! And how back in the 50s and 60s, Project Blue Book was established to evaluate these and other incidents to determine whether or they were a threat to national security. Project Blue Book was closed in 1969 after two decades, and their conclusions were that 99% of said incidents were, and I quote, Total bullshit. Because what people were seeing was not little green men, but instead clouds, planets, planes, meteors, balloons, and the side effects of dropping acid and listening to wave too many Beatles songs. There was no credible evidence that we were being visited by extraterrestrials or entities from other dimensions. Well, it did sound a little bit controversial, but uh, go with me. Because there are those among us who believe that Project Blue Book was not exactly a good faith effort to examine the UFO phenomenon and that indeed, Project Blue Book was... Total bullshit. 
So this Pentagon project went into the investigation with a clean slate and an open mind. They interviewed military personnel who reported sightings and reviewed video evidence collected from their aircraft and other sources. What they found next might shock you. No shit, this actually might shock you because it shocked the shit out of me because the story that the Times released in support of this from a Commander David Fravor and Lieutenant Commander Jim Slate, two F-18 pilots on a training flight off the coast in San Diego in 2004, was freaky as shit, man. Quote, Commander Fravor looked down to the sea. It was calm that day, but the waves were breaking over something that was just below the surface. Whatever it was, it was big enough to cause the sea to churn. Hovering 50 feet above the churn was an aircraft of some kind. Whitish, that was around 40 feet long and oval in shape. The craft was jumping around erratically, staying over the wave disturbance, but not moving in any specific direction. Commander Fravor said the disturbance looked like the frothy waves and foam as if the water was boiling. The object, described as approximately 40 feet long and shaped like a tic-tac, displayed extraordinary abilities in both maneuverability and acceleration, far beyond, far beyond any other aircraft the pilots had ever witnessed. Supporting the fair with the Combat Information Center on the USS Princeton, a Navy cruiser which initially spotted the object and vectored the jets to intercept. After attempting to close with the object, the flight pulled back to a rendezvous point some 60 miles from the initial contact, and that object beat them to the rally point, covering the distance of 40 miles in under 60 seconds. And I did some back-of-the-napkin math, assuming that it was a mile per second over the 40 miles. That is moving at Mach 4.7. The speed record for an aircraft officially recognized is Mach 6.8, so it's certainly possible that this was a human-built craft, but again, it matched no known configuration of any kind of aircraft anyone had ever seen. I mean, this thing is really freaking me out. Oh, yeah. You want to be freaked out? You should watch the gun camera footage of the object from the incident. Because this thing's and two things no fucking plane I ever saw can do, which is fly at a fucking right angle on a dime at the speed that this thing did. Seriously, go watch this video. It's everywhere. It's linked in the show notes. But as to what the object might be, the pilot said, quote, I have no idea what I saw, Commander Fravored replied. I had no plumes, no wings, no rotors, and it outran our F-18s, and I'd sure like to fly it. This is just a story we know. The Times talked about mysterious black auras and some kind of metal alloy recovered from incidents involving these aerial phenomena, unlike any metal known to investigators, metals which have a, quote, physical effect unquote, on people interacting with them? You gotta be shitting me. <laughs> I assure you I'm not. Whether or not someone else is, that is for us to decide, isn't it? Because Luis Elizondo... Dwayne Elizondo Camacho, five-time Ultimate Smackdown champion, porn superstar, and president of the United States. The military intelligence official tapped to lead the program at the Pentagon, who resigned recently, citing a lack of funding and excessive secrecy and official reticence to investigate these issues. And he's been quite vocal on the story since it broke. Elizondo has not presented any direct evidence or even said he believed these sightings were anything other than some really strange shit. But he also maintains they are real and he's not convinced they are not of extraterrestrial origin. 
From a Daily Beast article, quote, Elizondo, for one, said he is determined to keep investigating. He announced he has joined the To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, a startup established by former Blink-182 guitarist and singer Tom DeLong, which is dedicated to educating the public about UFOs. We look forward to working closely with the U.S. government to produce the best possible results for America and the rest of the world, Alessandro stated, unquote. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah, you heard that correctly. The guitarist from the band Blink-182. From their Wikipedia page, the band emerged from the Southern California punk scene in the early 1990s and first gained notoriety for high-energy live shows and irreverent lyrical toilet humor. Yeah, that Blink-182. This dude apparently has a company that is researching um, UFOs because, uh, sure, why wouldn't he? DeLong started the To The Stars Academy of Arts and Scientists to explore unexplained phenomena. (laughs) DeLong is very serious about all this in the kind of way that only someone can be who spent his early years touring with a pop punk band, presumably taking a lot of exotic substances. Um, He said of uh, this fundraising evidence for Stars Academy, which has $2.1 million for 2,200 people already. Quote, what we're trying to do is make sure the story of the millennia and the technology of the millennia are owned by the people from day one, DeLong said. (laughs) Part of our strategy has always been to throw it all out in the open so people can't come and try to shut it down from some weird office in NATO or the United Nations or the United States or whatever, unquote. And it's not just some crazy conspiracy theory. DeLong plans on commercial applications for the company's products. One such innovation is what DeLong uh, refers to uh, engineering the uh, space-time metric, which is uh, being developed by uh, Dr. Hal Puthoff, a longtime government physicist and a current To The Stars partner. Quote, it's like a time machine, DeLong said. You get into this craft and you turn it on and boom, you're in China in one minute. (laughs) That's a ball of light. (laughs) I have... No words. Oh, let me see if I can parse this all together. The Senate Majority Leader is contacted by a friend of his who happens to be an aerospace contractor and has a hankering to research strange reports of unknown flying objects by the military. Reed gets together two other powerful senators to sign off on funneling black money into a project for five years. During that five years, the project investigates credible reports and evidence but provides no solid conclusions and encounters a significant amount of derision and pushback. The money runs out officially in 2012, but the project continues for another five years until this year when the project lead resigns over not being taken seriously and then goes into business with the guitarist from a blandly mediocre pop rock band from the early 2000s with one Billboard Top 10 hit in February of 2000. Which is a catchy enough tune, but not one that's going to get him in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And they start a crowdfund company to research UFOs and develop teleportation. And all of this comes out in the strangest fucking news year in the past 45, if not 50 years. And people read it and say, yeah, okay. And they just go back to watching the world burn. Top this off with an interstellar asteroid or comet, or it's actually the fucking Battlestar Galactica that comes out of nowhere and just flies through the system from deep space like no one ever saw anything do before. 
That's not fucking weird. From an article on fizz.org, what exactly is this interstellar object, which has been named Oumuamua from the Hawaiian for the first messenger from afar reaching out to us? This is a difficult question to answer because it's not clear how Oumuamua compares to other bodies that belong in our solar system. It's an unusual elongated shape that has even prompted some to question whether or not it might have been created artificially by an alien civilization. An incident, this unquote, this incident is so strange that it prompted several radio telescopes to intensely scan the objects for signs of intelligent life. Curious, sir, and curious, sir. And we're just supposed to believe that this thing comes out of nowhere in a form unlike any other object we've ever witnessed, a form hauntingly familiar to those who know about alien craft, and it's nothing more than a hunk of ice and rock from out past the Oort cloud? Actually, yes. How fucking strange is all of this? It reads straight out of an episode of The X-Files. If I was wanting to distract the world from something big, then this is the kind of thing that I would do. All right, gentlemen. Let's make this short and sweet so we can all go home for Christmas. Domestic unrest operations? Yeah, the Anita Hill thing has lost steam since October. Well, let it go. We played it right. Unfounded allegations will be flying around in no time. L.A., the Rodney King trial's been moved to Simi Valley, just as you instructed. Call back. Internationally, Bosnia-Herzegovina is set for a February vote on independence from Yugoslavia. America couldn't care less. I'm working on next month's Oscar nominations. Any preference? I couldn't care less. What I don't want to see is the Bills winning a Super Bowl. As long as I'm alive, that doesn't happen. Which brings us to our way back. Our way back this week finds us September 18th, 1947 in Washington, D.C., where Harry, President Harry S. Truman has just signed a law massively restructuring the United States government. The law titled, quote, An Act to Promote the National Security by Providing a Sex Secretary of Defense a national military establishment for the Department of the Army, Department of the Navy, Department of the Air Force, and the coordination of the activities of the national military establishment with other departments and agencies of the government concerned with national security, unquote, is more commonly known as the National Security Act of 1947. Prior to 1947, the War Department consisted of the Army and Navy, and they contained their own intelligence apparatus. After all, the only people we might need to spy on were our enemies. I miss simpler times. But America had learned some hard lessons during World War II. We learned that it's okay to put American citizens in concentration camps because of war and shit. But only if they're the Asian ones. I mean, the white ones were still fine. More importantly, America had a full-time enemy. Finally! I mean, we'd wanted one for so long. But most importantly, we needed an apparatus to keep our secrets. And pod friends, we had some big fucking secrets. What with the atomic bomb and, of course, the biggest secret of all. It's aliens, okay. man. Okay. I mean, that weather balloon crashed at Roswell just months prior to the signing of this bill. Is that a coincidence? Oh, I think not. In signing this bill, Truman created the apparatus that would eventually come to dominate every aspect of the American government and eventually the world. He created the Deep State. What is the Deep State? 
Well, former Capitol Hill staff member Mike Lofgren calls it a hybrid association of elements of governments and parts of top-level finance and industry that is effectively able to govern the United States without reference to the consent of the governed as expressed through the formal political process. A shadow government that pulls the levers of power behind the scenes and dominates the entire American political process. Forget what you've heard Trump blather about. The real deep state is not some FBI agent at Quantico or an NSA analyst at Fort Meade listening to Trump's phone calls with his pee-pee daddy Putin, but a cabal of powerful and influential bureaucrats in every corner of the government and industry who ensure the country stays on the charted course they've determined to be correct. Well, it's a well-known fact, Sonny Jim, that there's a secret society of the five wealthiest people in the world, known as the Pentaveret, mm. who run everything in the world, including the newspapers, and meet tri-annually at a secret country mansion in Colorado known as the Meadows. So who's in this Pentaveret? The Queen, the Vatican, the Gettys, the Rothschilds, and Colonel Sanders before he went tits up. Oh, I hated the colonel with his wee beady eyes and that smug look on his face. Oh, you're gonna buy my chicken. Oh, Dad, how can you hate the colonel? Because he puts an addictive chemical in his chicken that makes you crave it fortnightly smart arse. Oh, I hear you laugh, but I'm telling you people, they're real and they're in control of everything. This isn't like the 1990s of the New World Order, United Nations is in control of American nonsense. The deep state is in control of all elements of modern society, government, financial, religious, cultural. The leaders you think are leading the world are not leading. Oh, no, 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 no. They're puppets. They're Zaphod Beeblebroxes. What is a Zaphod Beeblebrox, you ask? From the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a president exists to wield no power whatsoever. He is apparently chosen by the government, but the qualities that he is required to display are not those of leadership, but of finely judged outrage. For this reason, he is always a controversial choice, always an infuriating but fascinating character. The job is not to wield power, but to draw attention away from it. Seriously, think about that a moment. I can wait. For decades, the deep state created by Truman and his alien allies have worked towards this moment, a moment when they finally have all their, all their assets in place, when all the pieces they put on the board for their long, long game are finally ready to play. A weak and ineffective leader, a fractured population, trust at our institutions at an all-time low. This is the perfect time. I mean, they're even purging their ranks of disloyal or dubious members who are no longer useful, useful particularly in the softer elements of the plan, like Hollywood and the media. Harvey Weinstein, anyone? They've succeeded in destroying the very fabric of facts so much the people cannot even agree on what truth is. Three generations of humanity manipulated to the point where society itself is fundamentally broken and the only, only the infrastructures of that society are holding them together and they are falling apart. Now, slowly, with great patience, the reveal begins. While we're distracted and bickering, they can trickle out enough information that when the great reveal takes place, the public placid, spoon-fed, just enough to keep them from panicking, are so exhausted from the turmoil, they will welcome our new alien overlords with open arms, hoping that finally the confusion will be over and meekly accept their domination. 
Absolutely. I think it is the only explanation. After two years of confusion and depression, I can finally see all the pieces. They make sense now. Everything we've gone through, the strive to discord, the genuine fucking stupidity that began on a golden escalator in 2015 becomes so clear. The idea that a powerful senator would set up a secret program to funnel money into a business of a personal friend on the most nebulous of pretext. The deconstruction of the media to the point where the old gatekeepers of reason and truth are discarded for brain partisan propagandists and peddlers of conspiracy. It explains why we went from a nation of people who generally agreed to disagree on things and keep the place running smoothly into a screaming mob of factions spewing spittle-inflected vitriol into the faces of our parents and siblings over social media. I can comprehend the grand scheme to pluck the threads of society until the seams are so weak the whole thing comes apart at the slightest tug. Oh, it finally makes sense! I'd like to congratulate you on succeeding where so many before you have failed. A bullet between the eyes would have been preferable to this charade. But I've learned to pretend over the past nine years. To pretend that my victories mattered only to realize that no one was keeping score. To realize that liars do not fear the truth if there are enough liars. That the devil is just one man with a plan, but evil. True evil is a collaboration of men, which is what we have here today. Or, you know... This is just a stupid government kickback from a friend and donor from a powerful senator. The things seen by pilots and radars are explained by far more logical explanations of secret government programs involving drones and other unmanned aircraft which can perform far beyond the tolerance of a crude craft. And a company helmed by the former Glee guitarist of Blink-182 is not going to explain the mysteries of the universe unless those mysteries involve taking way too much acid and tripping over a blacklight poster in a dorm room circa 2000. Occam's razor cuts deep when it comes to these issues. The answers requiring the fewest variables is usually the answer which is correct. Either there's a vast conspiracy to hide extraterrestrial intelligence which dominates every facet of our society involving thousands who control and dominate us, or people are just really stupid, fractious, hateful dipshits that will consistently do things against their own self-interest because it makes them feel good. Which of these two is correct? We leave to you, the listener. We think we know where you're going to arrive. People suck, don't they? Yeah, sometimes. That is it for our show this week. Fucking aliens. It's the perfect ending for a perfectly weird fucking year. The Republicans just passed their tax plan, literally looting the country for their donors. The president is on the edge of initiating a constitutional crisis. A Democrat is elected in Alabama. And we're probably on the verge of one, maybe two wars. And the year ends with fucking aliens. I honestly wish the conspiracy bullshit I just made up for this show was actually true because I would feel so much better. All I want for Christmas is a deep conspiracy involving a generational plot to deliver humanity to beings from another planet. I don't think that's too much to ask. I mean, Santa Claus has to get that letter from time to time. Hey, if you're looking for the gift that keeps on giving, you could give us a rating and review to the show, which will help other people get the gift of low-rated podcast in their podcatcher every week, where they too can experience the existential dread of yearning for the arrival of our new galactic masters. 
All of my payons to our new Imperial Overseers can be found on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast or the show name on Facebook. We're coming up on 2018 and the show is committed to get on a more sound financial footing because my local liquor store is not letting me run a tab next week. It's not that I don't pay the tab, it's just that the amount that I run the tab up could actually earn them significant interest payments if they were vested in a long-term annuity, which are words that I don't understand, but the upshot is I now have to pay for my booze up front, and that's going to be expensive, so to start thinking, so you should start thinking about donating to our Patreon at patreon.com, what the hell podcast, where I promise I will start creating new exclusive content for people dumb enough to give me a dollar. All of the shows are on SoundCloud at the show name and at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, producer, sorry you're no Scully Gavin, and all the other fictional little green entities on the show, we want to say that we want an alien for Christmas. That's all we really want this year. And we'll see you all next week. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.